When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. So the Calgary Flames were supposed to be playing in Chicago tonight. Instead, they have their next three games postponed, including this one, Nashville tomorrow, and then a home game against Toronto Thursday. So the Flames, three games postponed after six players and a staff member go into the league's COVID protocol. Calgary, the third NHL team to have games postponed because of COVID this season. Last month, Ottawa, three games, and the New York Islanders, two games. Vancouver Canucks have a list of 40. 40 potential candidates for the team's vacant GM position. Jim Rutherford meeting with the media today for the first time since taking over as team president. Uh, he was named to the post last week following the big shakeup that included the firing of GM Jim Benning and coach Travis Greed. Oilers and Leafs tomorrow. Our coverage starts with the face-off show at 5.30. The puck will drop at 7. Leon Dreisaitl on facing Toronto. They were... They're always good games. Uh, most of them were, were fairly tight, other than maybe that, that three-game stretch that we had here. Um, it's always fun playing the Maple Leafs, especially here. Uh, lots of Toronto fans. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll be a fun game. They're always always good games. Obviously, uh, they've, they've had a really good start. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have our hands full, but we're ready for it. All right, that is Leon Dreisettle. And as I mentioned earlier, Gord Stellick, who hosts the Leafs Lunch on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. The Leafs have loved coming to this building, specifically Rogers Place. 8-0-1. 8-0-1 in Rogers Place. 4-0-1 last year. And as Leon mentioned, those three games that uh, here in Edmonton we were hyping up as a first-place showdown, and uh, the Leafs won two by shutout and the Oilers only scored one goal in the other game. So it's a it's a home away from home for the Maple Leafs. Well, you know, you look at it's funny, it's kinda like I, I guess it's kinda like the falseness of what was the bubble and the so and the Scotia North Division that you mentioned that four oh and one last season and those three games and they they had three different goaltenders started, right? They had Freddie Anderson Jack Campbell and Michael Hutchinson almost shut out Edmonton in all three games. And, you know, this was this rarefied air Toronto fans had never seen. And, you know, it was all good and all, you know, all good and, and that. But at the end, uh, Edmonton and Toronto went home from the playoffs extremely disappointed. But you're right, a building in Northlands Coliseum that was extremely difficult to get a point from, all of a sudden the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, it's, a, it's been one of their favorite buildings. Yeah. All right. So... Look, I, I gave the the general breakdown of of the Leafs season early in the show, and I'll ask you to kind of expand on here. I believe the uh, the start was two four and one, and then they're seventeen four and one, 
since then. Now, of course, we got the Oilers in the middle of a five-game losing streak. Well, I shouldn't say in the middle. Fans are hoping it's at the end of. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, is, was this just a case for Toronto? Every team has a bad spell. They had it early, or was there, like, a marked difference between now and then? Well, you know, Reed, we'll see at the end of the year, but I think one thing different from Edmonton and Toronto is you wanted to see a reaction to extremely disappointing exits. And, you know, really, of the 16 teams in the playoffs, you got to think 15 actually are, dis- let's face it, are disappointed to exit. But there's Minnesota or Florida that, you know, kind of go out in a positive way. And, you know, Edmonton and Toronto went out in, like, horrible ways to end the season. So the Edmonton Oilers started the season like they, like, you know, they learned a lesson, like they, like they want to learn from it, move forward. And there was, I use the word read, malaise in Toronto because all that you talked about, like that great three-game run in Edmonton, it all went by the wayside, the way the Leafs lost, not just to Montreal last year being up 3-1, but also to Columbus the previous season, like with their worst games, their worst efforts in the most important games of the season. So so you enter the season, and then the Leafs, it wasn't just they were 2-4-1. and one. Like, it just seemed like this disinterest in relays was continuing and that was the real real concern in toronto so good on them for you know getting things going and in the edmonton case you know they got things going from the word go and it's of late that they're experiencing the struggles but i'm telling you like i don't like to overstate things i know people get really you know quick up to the chicken little complex the sky's falling down but it, it was getting on the verge of being not just the record but the way they were playing a real real ugly start which to their credit they've certainly more than changed all right uh we know about matthews first of all martyr's still out right did you, what did you see yeah. the injury because it was with a teammate right yeah collided with jake muzzin nobody really saw it there's just video after and you know i guess it's one of those and he had one of these before you know you go at practice full speed and stuff happens but man like he's on the long-term injury list and this isn't exactly what you wanted to have happen. So yeah, he was, he was going great guns and he's out. It'll give them a little bit, you know, of cap relief because they are up against the cap. That's not, you don't really want guys to go on the long-term injury list to get cap relief, but that's about the only silver lining in that club. But he he's out for a while, a couple more weeks. All right. So much of the discussion here in Edmonton is depth scoring five on five scoring if it's not McDavid or Dreisaitl, or if it's not the power play, who's going to score? I, I was reading an article earlier tonight, and I believe it said the Oilers have gone nine games without a goal from a bottom six player, which is which is pretty shocking. Um, you know, Toronto has at times been called the top-heavy lineup as well, except like you know, I, I I look at them and I think okay, they they got some more depth than Edmonton, but you're watching every game. How how would you sum up the contributions from you know I guess maybe forwards you know I'll say six through ten because I don't think we expect the eleventh and twelfth forwards to score a lot. Yeah, you know that's that's been the most pleasant. Uh, I don't know if you call it surprise. What you want in Toronto is that. You know, there's been the interchangeable third and fourth line. Some of it was cap reasons like Andreas Janssen and Kasperi Kapanen. They're making too much money. But after that, you had, what, the Freddie Goche syndrome, just different guys coming in and out. And that's where I really noticed the difference, Reed, that uh, particularly in the case of Michael Bunting, and then you had Andre Kasha, solid two-way play, David Camp as well, that I have really like getting kind of an identity to the third line and even the fourth line. And, and, you know, probably that's one difference compared to the Maple Leafs and Edmonton right now is is that kind of depth. And, again, 
you know, I don't know where quite it is in Edmonton, but in, the, in Toronto, it's the playoffs and bust. Like, I mean, winning playoff rounds are bust. It's almost like these 82 games are somewhat irrelevant for a lot of fans. And you have to think when you get in the playoffs, these kind of things, uh, that kind of depth, if it continues, is, is going to be a positive. Yeah. Gord Stellick joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Yeah, I wouldn't go quite so far to say that the regular season is irrelevant for Oilers fans because there was that, uh, I don't know if you remember, there was 10 years in a row out of the playoffs and then yeah, one yeah, year yeah. in and then, and then two out. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I do see them as, as a playoff team and then it's, it's what they're going to accomplish there. And obviously they haven't been playing great lately. I think some injuries have, have caught up with them, but uh, I, I understand what you're getting at for sure. Um, Gord Stellick joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Is uh, Jack Campbell in net? The numbers are pretty eye-popping. I know they've had, I think, four goalies already play at least a couple of games, but uh, looks to me like quite a season for Campbell. Well, he's done this since he came. Like, he came as a backup goaltender in a trade just before the COVID hit. Played really well in those games last year with Freddie being hurt. Played really, really well. And this year so far, and a lot of it getting more games because Peter Morazic's injured. So this is kind of what you're looking for in Edmonton as well, that kind of that kind of goaltending. So right now, you know, he's turned into a, a cap problem because at $1.8 million, he's one of the biggest bargains and his contract is up. But the guy has played great. I mean, like, because they got such a disappointing loss last year in the playoffs, it, it took away, you know, some of the great numbers that Jack Campbell was having. And these are almost like Johnny Bauer-type numbers to go back decades. So, yeah, uh, that that guy, not that he has, needs to sell me, but he has. Like, I, you know, number one goaltender picked in his draft year, 11th overall by the Dallas Stars. Went through injuries, went through, you know, mental battles, trying to whatever, could never do it. And, you know, good on him better late than ever that he is he's playing at that level. Okay, like me, you interact with a lot of Leafs fans. Or, you know, I interact with the Oilers fans. You interact with Leafs fans. Do they ever talk about Zach Hyman or have they totally moved on? Oh, no, no, no. Like, like, like it's, you know, it's funny, Reed. absolutely. He is so beloved, so missed. But in some ways, I think it's kind of how he handled it, that there just was this understanding in the cap world, this was the casualty. Like, Freddie Anderson went and fans were okay with it. I thought Freddie played real well, but didn't do it in the playoffs. So, you know, he moved on. Zach Hyman, it was kind of understood from the two-thirds mark on last year that just wasn't, if you're going to keep the way they've been doing it with the big money, with the big four, you weren't going to be able to keep him. Uh, He seemed to find that fit in Edmonton it was almost preordained about um whatever the money would be and also let's face it in all Canadian markets it's wonderful to have somebody embrace going there so you know that yeah so whether it's bunting right now whoever Kerfoot trying to replace Mac trying to replace Zach Hyman you know um all you can do is try to equal him but I think the uh, the other part is the other guys depth wise third or fourth line so Zach Hyman you got a beauty and you know what else Reed What's really got me the last couple of years is where the heck did all of a sudden this offensive talent come from? Like all of a sudden, kind of like, you know, like, uh, like uh, Couturier, when he all of a sudden went from being a great two-way player to deciding I'm going to score 30 goals a year. I mean, that's kind of what Zach Hyman did. So he's, uh, you know, it's, they fans have moved on, not that they don't miss him. They miss him a lot, but just it's understood. I think people figuring out cap world, that's, that was the casualty. You know, I know you and I talked about him in the past. He's faster than I thought he would be now seeing him every night. Like, he can push the pace more than I thought he could. 
Reed, he's everything more than you think he can be. Like that's, you know, it started off that Mike Babcock would constantly have to defend him being on one of the top two lines. Uh, Mike would allude to Pavel Datsuk would always say in Detroit, look, you can't have three stars on a line. You need somebody that digs and does all the kind of stuff. And, you know, and that's what Zach Hyman was doing. And then he just kind of grew and grew and grew in, in other things. And, you know, I mean, Austin Matthews won the Rocket Richard Trophy last year, so it's tough to go against Austin Matthews about anything. But, you know, in a lot of ways, Zach Hyman was the most consistent player. He put him on any line, and he just made that line better. So, yeah, uh, you know, everyone will still uh, speak, uh, extol the virtues of Zach Hyman and how much he's missed. But, you know, in the modern-day world, you have to move on. And I think Maple Leaf fans kind of understand that about how it works. Uh, I think you know what it's like with uh, the perception and feelings towards the Maple Leafs in other parts of the country. <laughs> and I, I would say uh, the Oilers and uh, Oilers Nation gets up for these types of games. D- does a game against the Oilers resonate any bigger uh, in your market, or is it just another game? I believe it does, Reed. Like, I, I got to travel first, and back then we would play twice out west, and I love going out there. I love going out there. Like, it, you know, we used to get our ass kicked in my day, but <laughs> I loved going out there. And for that, the passionate Leaf fans, the passionate anti-Leaf fans, I do think, I may be wrong, I may be wrong, that, you know, say whatever number last year is that you still have that rivalry, but there's also kind of a camaraderie when it comes down to it that, look, you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, you want to see them kick everyone's butt, but now you have a soft spot because no Canadian-based team has won a Stanley Cup since 1993, so you kind of have a soft spot for the Canadian-based team if they get through because, you know, go back to 1993 and you got Montreal won a few cups, the Oilers had won the five cups, the Calgary Flames had won a cup, you know, um, and on and on and on, and now it's been such a long time. So I, I, so I, think, I think there's a little bit, there's a little bit more of that when your team's out that you actually pull for a team that you actually used to revile and in no way, shape or form you would, you would uh, cheer for. But I think the rivalries, I think they're very healthy and, and, and they're very much there still read. All right. And I started off by reading the Canucks update that they have 40 potential candidates for the team's GM. You wouldn't have to be one of them. Would you Gord? <laughs> well, I'd be disappointed if I wasn't, you should be disappointed. And my, our son, Justin should be disappointed. Like, you know, like, like, okay, like, gas the optics, okay? Come on, come on. Like, Jimmy Rutherford's going to come with 40 candidates. Jimmy's got, like, four candidates, right? So I understand, like, so much now is perception about, yeah, we're going to exhaust every 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 uh, every walk of the earth to interview everybody. So you throw a number like 40 out, and, you know, hey, fine, if you want to interview 40, fine. But, I mean, you brought in an experienced president and interim general manager who, if he's making the general manager decision, which I believe he is, then he's got to have a handle. The big question now is, does he probably has to wait to the end of the season because a lot of these candidates, I don't think he necessarily can get in, you know, or interview at this point in the regular season. So, anyway, sounds good. But I'll say yes, I'm one of the forty, and I'll say you're one of the forty-two. Oh, that sounds great. Hey, Gord, I always love having you on the show. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. I know we'll talk down the road this season, man. All the best. Sounds good. Have a good one. Take. Gord Stellick, Leafs Lunch, Leafs Hockey on Sportsnet 590, the fan. I always love having Gord on the show. Really knowledgeable, good storyteller as we set up the Leafs and the Oilers tomorrow. And as uh, as, as I'm sure you know, Mitch Marner out here for another two or three weeks for Toronto after getting hurt in practice. And Zach Hyman uh, will... 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We'll see. We'll see at the morning skate tomorrow. Quick time out here. Inside Sports on Chet. And some of the some of our issues right now, I feel like we're bringing on ourselves. You know, there's, there's uh, I have a saying I use all the time: every play counts. So there's simple plays that just aren't aren't getting made, or where it's a play that should be a, a play allow us to flow the game the right way, and we're bobbling pucks or missing a guy. So you have to address some of that. Like every play has to count. But ultimately, there's some things in the game that we like that we're doing. And so you have to continue to, to push that. And, you know, so it's, it's, it ends up being like a 50-50 balance. A lot of times there's some structure stuff you have to clean up. Individual stuff you clean up with individuals a lot of times. If you don't like the way a guy's doing something, you can, there's a lot of, a lot of individual talk that you clean up some of that. But team structural stuff you have to look at. And a lot of times it's not negative. It's just, it's a matter of fact, this is how we want to do it. You know, so it's uh, you try to build confidence all the time, but there there is there's some mistakes that are hurting us. The coach doesn't have to go there and show that a puck bounced off the wall bad and was a bad bounce for us. Everybody knows what that happened. We're trying to get solutions here, not just dwell on the problems. A little bit there from Dave Tippett as the Oilers have lost five in a row. Certainly some things to work on. And as he sort of referenced some self-inflicted wounds along the way here too. Uh, turnovers, bad goals against by goalies on a couple of occasions, bad penalties. And uh, it's all added up to five losses in a row. And they are not scoring either just eight goals in the last five games for Edmonton. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. I think when you're when you're slumping, everything seems so much harder, right? Every puck doesn't go in. Seems like you can't score. It seems like you can't make a play. Um, that's that's kind of where we just have to snap out of it. Um, I think mentally we're we're good. Uh, obviously, you never want to lose five in a row. There's uh, no no secret to that. But um, you know we we know what to do to get back into into winning. And um, you know obviously tomorrow we we have a good good team coming in, but a great chance to to get back into uh, winning. All right, we do not know if Zach Hyman will be involved in that game. He is day-to-day, did not practice today, uh, but Dave Tippett said, you know, obviously he wants to go against his former team, so we'll see tomorrow. So the Oilers went with uh, this top nine today. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Cassian were aligned. Nugent Hopkins was with Fogel and Pugliarvi, and then Devin Shore was with McLeod and Yamamoto. Yamamoto going down to the third line. Rams get a long bomb touchdown early in the second half. They go ahead 2013 on Arizona, Monday Night Football, and the Toronto Raptors' big win tonight, 124-101 over the Sacramento Kings. So that game against the Leafs is on 630, Chad, 530. 
5.30 for the face-off show game at 7. And don't forget, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.